Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. Teaching is a rewarding profession, but it comes with its fair share of challenges. That's where ADAPT come in. We're not your typical trade union, but instead a modern, apolitical alternative, offering expert legal, employment and mental health support. Protection without the politics. So what makes ADAPT different? We're always apolitical and independent, specialised solely in supporting individual teachers. Our caseworkers are professionally qualified, ensuring you always get the best advice. Plus, there's 24-7 mental health support. Whether it's a simple contract check or handling serious allegations, ADAPT are here for you. Join the thousands of educators who've chosen ADAPT to protect their careers. Subscribe at adapt.org.uk today. ADAPT. Supporting school staff. Good evening, everybody. If you're listening back to this, thanks for clicking play. Uh, on the recording. Uh, We're just going to have a little chat with Jeff Barton about today's announcement from Rishi Sunak regarding the qualification changes in the UK. Uh, Just to give you the lowdown while waiting for Jeff to to join us. And Jeff, I hopefully have just sent you a little request to speak, which should appear on your screen if you're on your phone. It should be there. Uh, But just to give people the lowdown, on the changes, um, the Rishi Sunak has announced his plan to scrap A-levels and replace it with a new qualification called the Advanced British Standard uh, ABS, aimed at creating the best education system in the Western world, so he says. The Prime Minister told the Conservative Party conference in Manchester he would merge A-levels and technical T-levels into the brand new ABS, as it's going to be called, to create parity of esteem in uh, quotes between academic and technical subjects. But Mr Sunak's plan has been dismissed as pie in the sky by teaching unions, amongst others. And we've seen already some reaction on social media to this, uh, with many people uh, suggesting that the plan is, as I say, blue sky thinking. Um, Jeff's with us now. If you want to unmute yourself, bottom left, Jeff. Got it. Uh, Hi, Sam. Hi, how's it going? Okay. Yes, very quiet day, isn't it, really? (laughs) <laughs> well, not much listen, going on yeah thanks so much for uh for coming along and, and sort sure. of sharing your thoughts so you know he's announced this new sort of qualification which is going to be called the advanced british standard abs for short it uh, sounds brand- like it sounds like a make of tire doesn't it that? yeah yeah um and he said it's aimed at creating the best education system in the western world um i wondered if you can give us just your initial reactions to the raft because there was quite a lot wasn't there in there today from there was quite quite a lot and i guess you know in in one sense let's start with the positive in one sense it's good that we are talking about education it's good that the Prime Minister was talking about education because, frankly, what did we get from the Secretary of State for Education earlier this week? We got some stuff about the banning of school phones, which quickly unravelled because actually she hasn't got the power to ban mobile phones, etc. So at least we're talking about something ambitious and we're bringing education in from the sidelines. I guess, though, if what you're going to do is to say we're going to create the best education system in the world, I think lots of us would say, is post-16 particularly A-level reform? the most important thing to do. I mean, A-level is very well known. T-level is just getting off the ground. Probably, a lot of us would say, 
start at the other end start with early years it's it's not high enough status but that's where you build all of the foundations from which everything else can then develop and i think that that would have been a better starting point added to which tom i think the, the reality is there will from the profession i think be a kind of hollow laughter from many people who will say well hang on a minute last year 44,000 teachers left the profession the department missed its mm. recruitment targets by 60%. We already haven't got enough maths, enough physics teachers. One in eight maths lessons are being taught by people who aren't qualified in maths. So how on earth are we going to get the number of teachers? And final point, some of us are old enough to remember when Labour back in 2005 were concerned that there was not parity of esteem between technical and academic qualifications so they introduced yeah. a a new diploma it was it was launched in 2008 new government came in scrapped it straight away so they're talking about something today which will not start until 2033 have they talked to the universities about it have they talked to labor about it because otherwise it could just feel a bit of a white elephant why do you think he's chosen to announce this today um, is there any sort of like background from your perspective? I know Steve's here as well. I'll invite Steve in as well if he's got a view on this. But I'm just wondering whether this is like what, what how do you see the timing of it? it? Who is this appealing to this this policy? Who's it for? Well, I think there is a, a genuine feeling probably from some employers and uh, others that yeah. actually we are an outlier in terms of letting young people stop doing maths at the age of 16. So the, the, a, a number of people have come up with a number of ideas around that. I was a member of the Times Education Commission. They themselves talked about having a, a kind of baccalaureate. It was more of a 14 to 18 baccalaureate, actually, but nevertheless. Yeah. But I do think that this is pretty personal as well for Rishi Sunak. He he likes maths. He believes maths is transformational. He thinks everybody should be doing maths. And I think what we saw with all of his announcements, that they pretty scattergun in the sense that here are things that he is like a kid going into the pick and mix saying, I like this. I like that. Therefore, it's going to show up in the, the speech. You can see I, I'm, I'm not denigrating it as much as some people are, but I do think the practicality of this are very, very significant. And I would say, as somebody who represents 25,000 school and college leaders, that yeah. probably if we had had this discussion behind the scenes, we could have just talked through how to make this a slightly more enticing uh, uh, proposition um, and to be able to make sure that the lessons of the diploma all those years ago haven't been lost. Because la last point, specifically, I've yeah. already had a couple of heads of sixth form saying to me, so I've got kids who I wanted to encourage to do T-levels next year. They will now be thinking, oh, T-levels aren't going to be around in the future. Perhaps I shouldn't bother doing T-levels anymore. So you could end up undermining the very qualification that we've just spent four years actually putting together. Mm. As part of the plan, um, he says the new qualification will mean everyone studies some form of English and maths to 18. Every pupil will spend 195 more hours with a teacher Everyone studies a broader range of subjects. Um, now, he also says that the new plan will require more teachers. So to attract and retain teachers, those who teach key subjects in both schools and further education colleges will receive new special bonuses of up to £30,000 tax-free over their first five years. What's your reaction to that part of the announcement? 
Well, we know that the bursary idea is something that's been around for a while. But the difference with the bursary idea is if you are training to be a physics teacher, then you get your bursary. The problem with it is at the end of your training, you could leave before you ever set foot in a classroom. So I think at least a lesson has been learned that if you are going to use differentiated pay, then you do it from the moment somebody starts teaching and you build it in over the first five years. That seems to me, if if you agree with the philosophy of it, yeah. a sensible one. The problem is... The detail. So which teachers are we talking about? Are we talking about subject teachers for physics and for maths? Or are we talking about those who are teaching English? Because we already know that if you're a child who gets a grade three, a grade two, a grade one, but particularly grade three, you are moved onto the hamster wheel of resitting in English. So we're going to need more English teachers, aren't we? And therefore, are they going to be paid more as well? And is that really what we want of a profession which has always tried to work collaboratively? And is there any evidence that that will actually entice graduates who might want to work from home two days a week and will never be able to do that in teaching? So I'm accepting that pay becomes really important on all of this. Whether differentiated pay by subject is the answer, big question marks from us. Do you, just touching on that, just digging into that a little bit more, what, from your union perspective, from your perspective... What is the the most important thing government can do to sort out the issue of these, you know, 10% of the profession leaving it last year? Well, what we would say is post-pandemic, pay has become a much more significant issue than it was pre-pandemic. And that's because graduates can pick and choose from a whole range of different careers now. Therefore, flexibility of working, being able to work from home has become particularly important and teaching doesn't give you that in the main. And therefore, we do need some element of pay restoration. But we also think that workload is a really significant issue. And, you know, you know you, all of your listeners absolutely know that. And that's why I, you know, I had a conversation with Nick Gibb just before this announcement today and said it is really important that some kind of risk assessments are being done that this is not going to actually end up driving some of those maths teachers some of those science teachers some of those physics teachers out of the profession because their heart just sinks at the thought of even more qualification reform which frankly another government might come in before 2033 and say we don't believe in it and I think we will see from Labour they won't believe in it. And what did Nick Gibb say? when you mentioned the workload issue? He, he, well, he, he of all people understands the importance of workload because he has just set up this task force to, to focus on, on workload. Um, uh, the response is that, no, there hasn't been a risk assessment done because at this stage, uh, this is just an announcement. They're now going to do a consultation and work through the detail before a white paper, uh, supposedly next year. I think that is the wrong way of doing it. I think every time there is any new wacky wheeze in education, given the fragility of the profession and the difficulty of being able to recruit and retain, there should be a genuine impact assessment. How much more workload might this create? And is it really worth doing? And with this one, I think the increasing mood from people I've been talking to is there are other priorities. Early years, recruitment and retention more generally are crumbling schools. Qualification reform, if you're going to do it, Mm. I'd be looking at GCSE rather than post-16 personally. I mean, just try to give me some sort of balance here. I mean, can you see any positives in this policy? What what, what to you is, is, is there a positive in it for you? being with the math 218 idea 
Yeah, we know that uh, that maths is the biggest A level at the moment, and it's the uh, the the, the, the a, a subject which motivates lots of young people. Uh, and I think probably the fact that we are outliers by letting young people drop maths at sixteen uh, is an issue we should address. Indeed, it's something which, in our manifesto and talking with awarding organisations, we've been talking about what a maths passport might look like. That is. A qualification that, that does something that I think GCSE Maths and GCSE English don't do. I don't think that GCSE English, for example, necessarily tells you how good I am at writing and reading and speaking and listening. It tells you what I have covered. It tells you I've read a 19th century pamphlet, for example, and worked my way through an anthology of poetry. I think we could be saying with employers, why don't we have a couple of qualifications which really demonstrate the kind of essential skills that young people will need in numeracy and literacy, let's have them all sit something around that at 14 or 15 and again at 18. That could sit alongside their BTEC or their T-level or their A-level if they're not doing maths. So I think there were other routes. And I think there's a bit of a tribal response from the government always uh, of thinking that if an idea has come from a trade union, it's probably one we would want to reject. And I'm, I'm going to have to disappear in a Tom. Yes, a tom that, that's so. it, Jeff. Thanks ever so much for joining us. Uh, Very welcome. Uh, Thanks for asking me. As well. really and I, I'm, basically, I'm just the warmer back for Steve Rollett. <laughs> right, Steve. Uh, we've got Steve Rollett here, who again only has a couple of minutes. Deputy CEO of the Confederation of School Trusts, otherwise known as CST. If you want to unmute yourself, Steve, in the bottom left. Former history teacher as well. That's right. Yeah. Hi, Tom. Tell Tell me your historical perspective on the announcement today from Rishi Sunak. <laughs> well, it's, it's a bit fresh to have a historical perspective. Um, so, so Tom, yeah, so firstly, apologies. This is going to be a flying visit because um, I'm currently on, no on location ahead of our, our conference, which starts tomorrow. Um, I mean, broadly, I think uh, my, my, my feeling about the announcement is a couple of things initially. So one of them is it's, it's, it's all happened rather suddenly, hasn't it? And um, It has. I think probably that means that all of us are in the space of trying to find out a little bit more, understand more. So anything I say is going to be reasonably tentative. And that's not because I think it's necessarily a particularly bad or indeed a particularly good idea. Um, but I need to find out a bit more about it. And, and second, there's probably something there as well about uh, it wouldn't it have been nice to have had a little bit more discussion, um, and a bit more uh, sort of small C consultation. I know there's going to be an official consultation uh, that's, that there's a commitment in the paper to, to that, but we'd like to have had a, perhaps a bit more conversation around it beforehand. So putting that stuff to one side, um, I think it raises some really important questions. You know, I think, and I only caught the end of what Jeff was saying, but it sounded like I think he was also acknowledging there are some post-16 issues that I think need to be addressed. Um, it points to us, by international standards, having relatively fewer uh, learning hours than, than 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 other countries, and I certainly think that's something that uh, ought to be looked at. But of course, that's not just about curriculum and and qualifications. That's tied into workforce and funding issues as much as anything else. Um, there's also this rather long-standing uh, division, a sort of uh, binary position that, that, that sort of the, the the qualification system adopts at the moment between are you following an academic pathway or are you following a vocational pathway and you know people talk about parity of esteem and and, and that's a fairly long-standing question but it's not something we've particularly been successful at dealing with probably it's always ripe for conversation that one and it looks like they're going to open that up and then there is the question about early specialization and there are pros and cons around that i think um you know, you have to think really carefully about the balance of the curriculum. I think all of us, I say all of us, I think most of us in the education system believe a principle, uh, you know, the principle of breadth is generally quite important, but you do have to make sure that that 
matches up with uh, progression and what's coming after. So clearly it has to be lined up with uh, you know, university and employers and, and so on, for example. So I think there are all sorts of questions it raises. But um, in terms of the detail of what's actually on the uh, sort of on, on the billing, um, I need a little bit longer to, to sort of go through it. What I would say, final point for me, Tom, yeah. sorry, this is, this is a, yeah. a monologue and a half for you. Yeah, final I mean, I'd point. love to dig into this with you, maybe some other time. Yeah. No, so, so final point I would make is just, I think a lot of people would have seen this announcement today and would have said, OK, so that those are a set of interesting issues and maybe there is some really good policy that could be worked out over the long term because it would have to be long term this sort of thing um but what about the here and now and you know what we know is there's real deep issues uh, around workforce um we've got issues around support services we know uh, you know send provision lots of um lots of lights on the dashboard are flashing red i'm not sure that that, that, that this is one of those red lights on the on, on sort of the nation's dashboard at the moment. And um, lots of people will be thinking, is this the right priority right now, regardless of whether it's the right policy for the longer term? I think yeah. that's probably how most people are, are feeling right now. Well, that's sort of similar to what Jeff said. Listen, Steve, I'm not going to hold you up anymore. Good luck for your conference. Thank you. And uh, thanks very much for checking in. No worries. Thanks, Tom. Thanks very much. Cheers, Bye-bye. Steve. Bye. Um, yeah, what a what an interesting announcement. I mean, it really, really is. I'm welcoming now anybody else out there. I know we've got about 20 people here. If anybody wants to call in, hit the button in the bottom left, share your view on this. Essentially, to recap with you on what has been announced today, Rishi Sunak has announced a new qualification called the Advanced British Standard, otherwise known as ABS, which will be aimed at, quote, uh, creating the best education system in the world. Um it essentially means that English and maths will be covered through to the age of 18. Uh, teachers in key subjects will receive special bonuses of up to £30,000 uh, tax-free over the first five years of their careers to attract and retain more people. Again, a quote. Um, in addition to this, um, Sunak said he wants students to spend at least 195 hours more with a teacher which sounds incredible, but speaking to Jeff Barton, as we just have, and also to Steve Roller, uh, both very influential within the education system, because, you know, as teachers taught radio, we lead the education conversation. Both of them were saying that they didn't necessarily think that this was a bad policy. They just think it's a bad policy now. Um, they were basically saying that they didn't see it as a priority. Um, we've got Daisy calling in now. Daisy, Miss T, tell us your views on all this. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I totally agree with that. Like, I don't think this is a hideous idea. Right? No, Certainly not. No. It's, it's the, the, not the worst idea we've heard in the last, like, 13 years. But I just think it's kind of, it's one of, it feels very much like a little bit of like a diversion tactic sort of. Like, like let's mm. ignore the really serious burning building and let's have a look at this fence that's falling down sort of thing. Like, like I totally and I and I actually quite I, I like the the clear drive to improve the education system. Like like I I like I think, you know, often we get quite annoyed as teachers with like the apathy towards education and how it doesn't really matter. So it's kind of nice to hear any mention of no, we are gonna push for better standards, we are gonna push for this and that. But it's just what foundation are you building that on? Because it just doesn't feel like we're in a particularly stable situation to really bring in something that is, a, it, 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 
on paper it sounds quite simple but in reality it's a very complicated thing that they're trying to suggest mm-hmm. i mean ultimately you know my, my sort of personal view not the view of teachers talk radio my personal view is there's nothing wrong with the policy if everything's perfect in education if everything is working and there are enough teachers and there are enough schools and there's enough money there's nothing wrong with saying we're going to cover more subjects up to the age of 18 although there will of course be those who will say quite rightly the argument would go the students don't don't want to do it and there is i suppose that argument of once they get further than the age of 16 especially in the world we live in today is it is it sort of is that idea of saying we're forcing students to do something that some of them will literally despise. So therefore, you sort of think, well, it's all well and good saying let's do it, but someone's got to teach them, someone's got to... I mean, my mum was a sixth-form college maths teacher. in her. That was her career. And, um, of course, she did sort of the reset for A-level and stuff like that. And it's a tough gig, you know, because a lot of them didn't want to be there. Um, it's different if you've chosen it and so I, what, what's your view on that yeah so I, so I, I'm an A-level teacher I teach A-level biology and chemistry um, and I and I did um, in the UK uh, in Wales where I used to work there was a transitionary period where the school sixth form shut down and a big sixth form college opened so for a few uh, for like six hours a week we'd drive over to the sixth form college and teach there and I and I do I do really think that there is a place for something different because A levels are they they've become quite normalised I think um, as like oh yeah so what you do is you finish GCSE and then you go into A levels but actually it's really hard like A levels are very very difficult especially A level maths and science um, and that they're, they're not suitable for everybody so an idea of so an introduction of some sort of baccalaureate or some sort of additional route a a, a different path isn't necessarily a bad thing but it's like you say like like I think the whole culture around education kind of has to change in the UK before Mm. we do this because what we've got is a huge amount and you know I I don't I don't want to use the word majority because it probably isn't but there is a there is a huge quantity of students coming in who are completely disillusioned with education there's a lot of parents who are completely disillusioned with the education system couldn't care less not bothered don't want to do uh it's a hard enough time getting them through GCSEs let alone getting them through A-level you know a levels in schools are dropping off left right and center the amount of schools that that actually run a level courses now is is much smaller than it ever was and they tend to be done in a level colleges because the numbers just aren't there um and so i think you kind of have to tackle a much wider problem before you then like you say try and insist on them staying in education for another 130 whatever hours of a teacher Mm, when, mm, when to be honest that there's an awful lot of students who really don't have a positive view of the education of education and they don't want to be in school and they hate school. And so it's very difficult to sort of then try and suggest to them that, oh, actually, what you're going to do is you're going to stay until you're 18. I think. Well, here's the thing. I mean, um, you know, the, the first argument w- would be that. And there is that element where you think um, are the politicians seeing this policy from their own education when they went to school and they saw it, they saw uh, themselves and people around them enjoying 
what they were doing and, and enjoying these subjects. And obviously Rishi Sunak himself has, has put on record that he he is a maths bod. You know, he loves he loves maths. So, you know, and his, his campaign for chess in itself, there is nothing wrong with maths or chess. I think this is my view now, not the view of TTR. Um, there's nothing wrong with maths or chess. I think this comes maybe, and that's my sort of provocation is, you know, his experience of school himself and his experience of education was very positive around maths and chess and science and engineering and all these different things. And maybe the, his peers and the people around him were also very positive about him, about it. So he's seen that sort of, he's, he's grown up with that. Whereas, you know, anyone who sort of taught for any period of time, there are challenges in, uh, th- there are challenges in, in sort of, a lot of students enjoying school at the moment, never mind maths and English. Yeah, it's like, and it's, is... a, it's a perfect example of confirmation bias. The people he is surrounded by and the education that he himself experienced is not the experience of the vast majority of students in, in the United Kingdom. It's not. So also, I also think we are majorly skipping over the point that A-level teachers are quite few and far between. The ability to, you know, it's there's actually not that many of them um and especially when we've got a retention crisis like the one we've got at the moment but i i I think that he is you know i mean he's talking from a from a position of extreme privilege and, and and a position of extreme um you know, a, a, a very what he would deem certainly to be a, a different, mm, a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Although you have to ask the question, you know, it's obvious that he's obviously been a key driver in this. It, it would appear, but you know, the department must sort of back that point of view. I have to add now, we've only got about six minutes. So if anybody wants to call in now and sort of share a view with myself and Daisy about what what you think, then all you have to do is click the little button in the bottom left where it says mic on. You can click that and you can share your point of view on what you think about all of this stuff. Um, we've sort of shared ours. Um, the only thing, the only other thing I wanted to ask you, Daisy, was about the um, the grant, the £30,000 sort of tax-free oh, for the first thing. I was waiting. Thing. I was waiting. <laughs> ask me. Um, I, I, I agree. I agree completely with the idea of getting rid of it at such an early you know when they're training the training grant um for example Mm. just just to be honest about myself like uh, when i did my secondary pgca i actually did it in uh i did it in chemistry not biology because of the grant so you know i could have done it in both um but i did it in chemistry because i got more money right and so I, i totally think that that we're right to give it to teachers however we us on the front line as such teachers we know that the problem actually recruitment is a big problem but retention is going to be the bigger problem because we're losing staff with valuable experience and valuable um you know anecdotal experience that is so needed in a classroom like we constantly say to new teachers don't we like just give it a year you know once you've once you've seen this once you've seen a year through you'll know what to expect and all the rest of it and and I just think, yet again, it's a very, it's it's a short sighted, uh, it's a short sighted view. Firstly, because because you're going to pay those teachers a lot of money if they're in the first five years, but screw anyone who's stuck it out for ten. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm talking to somebody who is now eight years in, so 
you know, mm-hmm. I, it, that's brilliant, right? So it just doesn't matter if you've if you've actually stuck it out for any longer than that. Um, but also, <laughs> I really have a particular bugbear. There's a lot of division in the in in the teaching world. There's a lot of teacher on teacher bickering and fighting, and and th- there's a lot of just general. Um, I, I'd go as far as say contempt between certain groups of teachers and i think this is just going to add to that because you've got this feeling haven't you of of oh okay it's the real subject versus the not real subjects it's the oh okay it's the proper teachers versus the 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 not property and i think that at a time when we've had industrial action this year and we've had every you know and we've had really needed teachers to unite together this is sort of it's another potential source of division within teaching and i think that that's that's always a bit dangerous because it's putting these certain these certain subjects on this pedestal and you know that i don't think from a teacher's perspective and being within the education community i don't think that's a very nice feeling Thanks for sharing, uh, Daisy, as always. Um, this has been our little pop-up space. It's been incredibly interesting hearing from Jeff Barton, Steve Rollett, Daisy, uh, Turner, ev- everybody really about this uh, policy announcement. If anybody who is remaining here listening live wants to join in, you can click the little button in the bottom left, share your views on the advanced, the so-called advanced British standard qualification. It's just been announced today by Rishi Sunak. If not, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, massive thanks to Adapt to sponsor all our shows on Teachers Talk Radio. If you don't know who Adapt are, you can go to adapt.org.uk, find out more. They're not your typical union. Uh, so check out what they offer. Uh, it's really, really interesting if you work in the field of education and you want to protect your career. Um, thanks very much for joining in, everybody. Uh, we'll be back in about uh, two hours' time um, on TTR. So you can get listening there live. Uh, in fact, no, we're not. I'm thinking of tomorrow. We not, we have no more shows today. Boo-hoo. I'm going to cry soon. Um, but we do have shows tomorrow. So tomorrow evening from 7.30pm to 10pm, you can listen to shows live on TTR. Thanks very much for joining us and good night. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.